Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege we have together here to study together. We trust you, Lord, that you will teach us by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We are beginning to look at uh, the blessings themselves. We've been doing some kind of bag, um, foundational teachings, some of the things that can hinder us from experiencing the blessings as we go along. We we'll continue to mention them and remind us of them. We talked about the mindset that we operate. If you operate carnal-mindedness, you won't even know what your blessings are. And that means you are spiritually a baby. Babies don't know anything about inheritance and blessings. And if you allow your flesh to lead you, it opens the door to the devil to hinder you. And then your faith will not grow. So we took time to teach all that kind of thing so that we know that there are things that can hinder us from uh, enjoying our blessings. By the grace of God, we're going to teach about fighting the fight of faith so you know how to fight off the devil and be able to enjoy the blessings God has given you. Today we are talking about the blessing of eternal life. The blessing of eternal life. Our text is John 3.16. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have everlasting life. So in the scripture, you see that the main thing that Jesus came to give us is everlasting life. It's everlasting life. But it's to be regretted that the teachings of the body of Christ for many years now has been based on sense knowledge, not on revelation knowledge. It's been based on pure human wisdom, not on the wisdom that the Holy Spirit supplies. So you can imagine then, and you can begin to see why, that Jesus stated that I came that you have life, have it more abundantly. And everybody that has been in a Pentecostal circle can recite John 3.16, that Jesus came so we have eternal life. But the last thing you hear the church talk about is the very thing Jesus said he came to give us, eternal life. The last thing you hear, you can be a Christian your whole life, your entire life. You won't hear mention, teaching, explanation of eternal life that Jesus said, this is what I came to give you. What you hear is about repent, sin, repent, sin. It's a tragedy, total tragedy. Because we live the main thing that Jesus said, this is what I came to give you. That If that's what he came to give us, then we should know it, understand why he gave it to us, the benefit of those kind of things, and the role he plays in our lives. Because we can't really do without the things that Jesus gave us. But you're not going to hear it. Because the body of Christ has been taught by, unbelievably, by, by um, human senses. Not spiritual revelation at all. And they're trying to make people live holy, you know. I understand the desire that people should live holy and everything. But that's not the route to it. Pushing people to live holy without faith is not possible. It's not going to happen. Pushing people to live holy without Christ is not possible because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. But that's what we've been, for years as a Christian, I never had anybody teach me about eternal life at all. Didn't even know what it meant. All I was hearing is God to be holy, repent, sin, sin, sin. It's really absurd. Totally, I mean, totally absurd. That the Lord Jesus said, I came to give you eternal life. That's it. 
And the scripture addresses this thing. Colossians 2, verse 18. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial. See? Pious, you know, this holiness thing. Pious self-denial. All the worship of angels. Saying they have had visions about these things. You know, trying to authenticate a, a deceit. Say, you know, the Lord told me. Visions. I've had visions about these things. It's, 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 it's total deceit. It's total deceit. You know, the Bible says, don't worry about those kind of things. Their sinful minds have made them proud to authenticate falsehood. They want to impress you with something, you know, to back up those things that is not from Bible. So you hear some people say, you know, it was the bishop that thought that. It was the G.O. that thought that. Who cares about that? It's the Bible that should teach us. If it's not in the Bible, it's not from God. Their sinful minds have made them proud, 19, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with his, with his joints and ligaments, and it grows as God himself nourishes the body. Jesus holds this body, nourishes it himself. Verse 20, you have died with Christ. This is the key thing. You have died with Christ. He has set you free from the spiritual power of this world. That is what changed our life. That was where he gave us eternal life. We died with him. We rose in newness of life. The scripture says, don't bother about all these teachings that they are giving you. For you have died with Christ. He has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of this world? Such as, names them, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. You know, the, the, th the, the thing that change comes from instructing people, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, and don't do that. It doesn't, the Bible says it doesn't bring change. Say you, change came where you died with Christ, resurrected with him, and he set you free from sin, set you free from the power of Satan, the Son, only the Son can set free. Laws, regulations don't set nobody free. Has never, we never, it's not possible. Except the son set you free. If the son sets you free, you are free indeed. It says in verse 21, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion. See, we don't wear earrings. We don't do this. Things. It looks like, wow, this has to be it. This is a strong devotion. Pious self-denial. Pious self-denial. And severe bodily discipline. So it looks like, wow. You can't discipline yourself into the life of God, period. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire. All these things look religious. The Holy Spirit said they won't change you. They will not change you. The church has been taught from humanistic point of view, not revealed truth. And that's why people don't believe the Bible. Not revealed truth. And this sense knowledge teaching has robbed the church of its glory, the new life, the eternal life, with its fullness of glory that Christ gave us. Us who have neglected it, we don't teach it, we don't know what it is. And we're giving people laws and rules and things to change them. Great means we are saying that what Jesus did it's not really important. Let me show you how you change. Are you serious? Salvation is not of man. So what they produce is 
is uh, character management, you know. Character management is hypocrisy. It's serious hypocrisy. Because you package your life, you, you, that's not real you. You just package it so that people see you, and you're presenting who you are not, what you are not. And then just washing the outside. But you leave the inside untouched. All those things cannot touch your inside. Only God can. So in Matthew 23, 25, Jesus began to say something very important. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? He said, this will bring you into sorrow. There's no glory in it. Hypocrites, that's what it is. For you are so careful to teach, the, to clean the outside of the cup, what people see, packaging yourself. So they say, oh, what holy person. But people who live with you, who, go to, who walk with you, know who you are. For you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence, self-sifness, called nature of the fallen man. You, you blind Pharisees, why are they doing this? They don't know the truth. First wash the inside of the cup. That's where the cleaning comes. And the dish, then the outside will become clean too. This is metaphorical speaking. You wash the inside. They say, clean the inside. When you clean up the inside, then what comes out outside will be as a result of the cleaning of the inside. Flesh and blood cannot reveal God to man. It's not possible. Flesh and blood cannot. We know that because Jesus said that to Peter. He said, blessed are thou, that is Matthew 16, 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. No human being can reveal God, because no human being knows God. Only to those to whom God has revealed himself. No human being can reveal God. Knowledge of God is beyond human understanding, is beyond human comprehension, is beyond what a human intelligence can articulate. So nobody can reveal God. None. Only the Holy Spirit of God can reveal the mystery, can reveal who God is. Only the Holy Spirit. No man can do that. First Corinthians 1.21 Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world will never know him through human wisdom. So these humanistic teachings that are not grounded in the Bible, that are purely religious, they don't reveal God. They don't. So God said, God saw to it that that the world will never know him through human wisdom. So any teaching that is of human wisdom will never reveal God to you, will never reveal the truth to you. It will leave you ignorant, leave you bound, leave you in bondage, leave you in defeat. Because only the truth will set somebody free. First Corinthians 2, 7. The wisdom I proclaim is God's secret wisdom, which is hidden from human beings. Hidden from human beings. But which he had already chosen for our glory, chosen for our glory, even before the world was made. None of the rulers of this world knew this wisdom. If they had known it, they would, have, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as the scripture says, what no man ever saw or heard, what no man ever thought could happen, is the very thing God prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God made known his secrets by means of his spirit. That's the way it works. The Holy Spirit interprets the scriptures. 
Man cannot live the life of God. Actually, you know, all this kind of teachings that is humanistic, trying to make somebody look holy, really. There's something that is missing because of ignorance. The standard of life that God accepts is God's life. It's not, it's not what humans can produce. That's why the Bible says all our righteousness is shitty right. And then they're pushing people to produce righteous life. And it looks religious and people are imbibed on that. That's why we have babies tripping around and looking for man of God to pray for me, man of God to do this, man of God to do this. Because people are not growing. They don't know the truth. If they know the truth, they'll be strong. They'll be, they will do exploits. Where are the exploits? A man cannot produce God's life. Period. No matter how good you are, the only thing that God accepts is his life. The standard is 100%. God doesn't go for 90%. 100% God's life. God's life. Hey, somebody said to God, I build you a house. God said, what house? My hand does everything for me. A man can't do anything for me. My hand does everything. Paul said it's not served by men's hands. And so a man cannot produce the life of God because he's naturally alienated from that. How can he live a life from which he's cut off, from which he's alienated, and you're pushing people, got to be holy, got to be this, got to be this. And the only holy person really is God. So the only life that is holy is God's love life. So the only life that is really holy is the life of God if he lives it through you. Ephesians 4.18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, he can't live it. Alienation is separation. He can't live it. The only way a man can live it is that God gives him that life back. Period. It's not by laws and this. No way. He's alienated from the life of God. And then those people who are alienated from the life of God, this is the testimony they have. Ephesians 2.11. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in this one. Hopeless. Without God. Totally hopeless. For without Christ, we can do nothing. Ephesians 2 verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit that walk in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else, alienated from the life of God. So the only one such a man can change is that God gives him life. That's what Jesus came to give us. He said, we all used to live like this, alienated from the life of God. So Jesus came and said, hey, I came to give you life. You have been alienated from the life of God. I came to give it back to you. I came to give you that life so that you can live this life of God, which God accepts by faith in him. Period. The church doesn't teach it. I teach it sin, repentance, sin, repentance, sin. How about eternal life? Which is the men's means of changing a man by giving him the very life of God that pleases God. And he gets that life only by faith. Ephesians 2, I mean, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. 
Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life that was alienated from God. We've died to it. We have something new now. Verse 15. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, the life of God, eternal life is what changes a man. Eternal life, he was alienated from the life of God. Jesus said, I came that you have life and have it more abundantly. The church will be teaching people this. So by faith, they believe it, receive it, and they experience it. That's revelation from the Holy Spirit that comes from the Bible. So 2 Corinthians 5 again, 14. Either way, Christ's love controls us. You see what controls now is the love of Christ, is the life of God is controlling now. A man that was alienated now has received life, received the love of God, is controlling him now. The change has come. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life, 15. He died for everyone. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. See? You see what that new life does? You will no longer live for yourself. It didn't come through do's, don'ts, this, religious, this, and that, 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 repent, sin, blah, blah, blah. It came by receiving eternal life. Receiving eternal life. Brought that change. Brought that change. The church should teach this. That's why Jesus said, I came that you have life. He didn't come to give us seven steps to holiness, seven steps to this. And he didn't give us all of that. I came to give you life. Once you have this, this life, once you get this life, it will change you. You stop being selfish. You stop being selfless. Because that's the nature of that life. So we have stopped evaluating others from human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from human point of view. How differently we know him now. So Jesus came to give us divine life. Divine life. The nature of God. The life he had. We didn't have it. We alienated from it. He gave it to us. And we should teach it. We should know it. We should believe that. We should acknowledge that. So that that life begins to work. Without effort. Because it's not your life. It was given to you. So it's not your life now. It was given to you. It's not your life now. It's his life. First John 5.20. He that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. He that believeth not God had made him a liar. Because... He believed not the record that God gave of his son. What record did God give of his son? And this is the record that God gave, had given us eternal life. God had given us eternal life. God didn't give us religion. He didn't give us 10 steps to being holy, 20 steps to being better. He didn't give us all of that. He didn't give us. It is humanistic teaching that produces all that kind of junk. He gave us eternal life. He gave us one thing, eternal life. Receive it by faith. Believe it by faith. It manifest in your life. By the Spirit of Christ. He gave us eternal life. And this is the record, church. This is the record. This is what the Holy Spirit is revealing. This is the record that God had given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. The very life that Jesus has is imparted to us. This is what makes you a peculiar person. And a peculiar person is somebody unusual. Unusual something is something that is not common. It makes you unusual. Now you have the, the nature of God in you. It makes you unusual. It makes you peculiar. It makes you special. 
you go beyond the natural now. Verse 12. First John 5, 12. He that had the son had life. He don't. There's no 10 steps to this. He that had the son had life, and he that had not the son had not life. The end of the matter. And then he continued to encourage us. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. The church should teach this relentlessly that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. What the, again, let's look at, again further revelation from the scripture. Not humanistic teaching. Not Jews and push, push, no. Further revelation from the word of God. The nature of this life you have as a Christian that Jesus said, I came to give you. This is what I came to give you. 1 John 3, 9. Those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. You see, the eternal life changes man. Period. It doesn't need 10, 10 ways to change and all that kind of stuff. No. It's eternal life. This new life that changes, brings the change. So it says, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Why? Because God's life is in them. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. That's why Jesus said, I came that you have life, have it more abundantly. When you believe you have eternal life, which is the life of God. He says, when you have it, you, you don't make a practice of sinning because the new nature you have does not sin. Don't make a practice of sinning. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. They have received this life his DNA, and they are now his children. And verse 10, so, so now we can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously, does not love other believers, does not belong to God. Because it's not showing that eternal life is in him. 1 John 3, 15. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And you know, what do we know? That no murderer had eternal life. He said, when people live a murderous life, all this continue to commit sin. See, they don't have eternal life. Because if they have it, it will change them. They won't make a practice of sin. You can't be living in immorality, sleeping around with men and women, you know, stealing, doing stuff like that, and say you have eternal life. No, the Bible is saying no, 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 no. Say, when you have eternal life, you don't continue in those things because you have a new nature. The reason people do this is because we don't teach it well. If you have eternal life, Sin comes a screeching hot. Temptations will come, yeah, but that will not be your lifestyle. That's why he said you can't continue in it. You can't be known as a liar. Because you keep lying everywhere. No. You can't be known as a doctor. You can't be known as greedy. You can't be known as troublemaker. You can't be known. You can't. And it didn't come by 10 steps to being better. It came by receiving eternal life. The nature of God. Nothing else gives eternal life, you know. And you see, because of all this humanistic teaching. People think because he joined the church, he's a Christian. Because we have not brought this thing to the fore. So people know you need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to have this eternal life. No, they think because I joined the church. Oh, I've been in church a long time. And they're convinced they're really born again. It's all this humanistic background that has confused people. Now look at, look at, look at, look at Israel. With all their impressive religious credentials, they didn't have eternal life. Joining church, being, your father was pastor, your mother was a deacon, won't give you eternal life. Zeal runner, nothing will give you eternal life because it's a life that is in Christ. In Christ. Only Christ gives it to you when you accept him, it comes into your life. Period. If you've never done that, you don't have him. I don't, you can be coming to this church, but you never receive Christ into your life. 
you do not have eternal life, and when you die, you will not go to heaven. Romans 9, verse 1. With Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm it. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. I would be willing to be forever cursed, cut off from Christ, if that would save them. You see, see, no amount of sacrifice will save them. Nothing. For they are people of Israel. Look at their credential. They are the people of Israel, chosen to be God's adopted children. God revealed his glory to them. He made covenants with them, gave them his law. He gave them the privilege of worshiping him and receiving his wonderful promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are their ancestors. And Christ himself was an Israelite, as far as the human nature is concerned. And he is God, the one who rules over everything and is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Your credentials can't be better than this one. But look at them. Go to Romans chapter 10 from verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. This thing didn't give them eternal life. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. Yeah, zeal of God won't give it to you. But not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Thinking that their good works will make them accepted to God. That's what people teach today. That's why you see a lot of severe bodily punishment. 30 days dry fasting. The drier, the better. 40 days dry fasting. The drier, the better. Punish yourself so that you can get it from God. You won't get it. It doesn't come that way. It's a gift. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Only through Jesus Christ our Lord. Only through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life only through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's John 3.15.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Twice mentioned chapter 15, verse 15, verse 16. Eternal life, eternal life. Eternal life, eternal life, eternal life. We were dead in sin. A dead man can be thinking. We were dead in sin and trespasses. We needed that life desperately. That's what changes us. And Peter put it in a very marvelous manner. He says, 2 Peter 1, 3, According as his divine power had given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How did we receive all things that pertain to life and to godly life? Through the knowledge of him, that had called us to glory and virtue by knowing Christ, by coming to know Christ. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises now you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. You have escaped the corruption that is in the world. Remember, alienated from life of God. So this life is corrupt because it's cut off from the life of God. But say you have escaped this life into a new life because God gave us a new life. He said the way this thing happened is that you came to know Christ and through the promises of God fulfilled, you escaped. What is the promise? promise. Let us even read the promise now. Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.1 tells us about this promise. He says, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. 
Paul said, this is what I was sent to go teach people. Brethren, you can be in the church all your life. You will hear it. Paul said, I was sent to go teach people about this promise of eternal life in Christ. Because that's what changes a man. That's what brings you from death to life. It solves all problems. When you have it, your character changes, your morality. If, it does, if you're not changing, you don't have it. You don't have it. Or you don't even know what you have. The Bible says, no murderer has eternal life. None. Because if you have it, you won't be a murderer. No murderer. No fornicator. No, no, you can't have it. You don't have it. You can't be going to clubs and, you know, it doesn't bother you to say you have eternal life. You don't have it. No murderer has it. None. That's the testimony of the Holy Spirit. You can't be lying, 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 lying. Every good morning, you're lying. After you're lying, lying, lying. Make a practice of telling lies. You say you have eternal life. You don't have it. No murderer has it. Look at what it does. Romans 7, 4. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. What is the point? You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. Now you are united with the one who, has raised, who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. Now, let me explain this verse for us. You understand it. What he's saying is this. Is that it's, it's, it, it's a, this is how it is with you, my friends. As far as the Lord is concerned, you also have died. Why? Because you are part of the body of Christ. You have received a new life. You become part of the body of Christ. You are not the person you used to be. You are not a spirit being. You have the nature of Christ. You have the nature of God. He said you have escaped the corrupt life because now you are a new creature. You've joined to Christ. He said, because you are joined to Christ now, you can now produce a harvest of good deeds. Not by 10 steps to this, 20 steps to that, and all that repent and do all that kind of stuff. It's good to repent when you have to. Christians do repent, and Christians should repent. But we cannot neglect and put to the background what Christ did. There is nothing a man does to compare with what Christ did. Nothing. That's fallacy. To put a man's work ahead of God's work. It's fallacy. It's wrong doctrine. Yes, we repent. Sure, we need to repent. When we sin, we say, no, we're sorry. We go confess our sins. Of course, we do sin. Yes, we do. But we don't make a practice of that. But that should not be the focus teaching. Christ Jesus should be the focus teaching of the church. For in him we live and move and have our being, and have our being, new nature joined to Christ. So you can produce a harvest of good deeds. Harvest of good deeds. Through this union with Christ, he brought this life of God and joined to you, gave you, and by his spirit produced the harvest of good deeds. You see how important eternal life is? See how wonderful and why a Christian must study it and understand it? Because it is through this life you produce a harvest of good deeds, the fruits of the spirit. It's not by human effort. It is by this new life, by this new joining that made, made you escape the corrupt life and come into the righteous life of God and join to the spirit of Christ become one. So this spirit, this new joining is not under the law. Another benefit of eternal life is enhanced intelligence and ability to know things. We're talking about the blessings of eternal life. Enhanced intelligence and ability to know things. It gives you the added advantage of having a source of information and knowledge you didn't have before. 
You know things that pass human understanding because of the spirit of Christ. You know things that passes human understanding. That's how you can know the love of God. That's how you can begin to know eternal life. That's how you can know Christ. The natural man cannot. The natural man is limited. So now you have added ability to know things. It enhances your intelligence. It enhances your wisdom. It enhances you can, you, can be, you can be successful. You can be successful in all affairs of life being guided by that spirit, being illuminated by that spirit, being led by that spirit. You, you, you make good success of your life. 1 Corinthians 2.12 We have not received let me go down and read uh, John 1 4. John 1 verse 4. Just went down John 1 4. In him was life. Listen to this. And the life was the light of men. The light, this life, this eternal life is the light of men. It's what gives you ability to have revelation. It's what gives you ability to see beyond the veil of man. You can be in a board meeting and see beyond the people on that board meeting. You can see the end from the beginning. Your decisions, your contributions is coming from a source they don't have. You make business decisions from a source they don't have. If you're a student and you have eternal life, glory. You shouldn't fail your grades. It gives you enhanced ability to know things. Even your teachers will be wondering, well, how, how is this guy getting this? Because there's a spirit that illuminates that gives you illumination. It is the spirit of Christ. It is the eternal life you have. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. It gives men illumination. This is the illumination that the Bible says they shine it in darkness, and darkness can't comprehend it at all. Eternal life is, is amazing. It makes all the difference in the life of a man. Look at what, look at what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians 2.12 We have not received this world's spirit, Instead, we have received the Spirit sent by God so that we may know. It gives you intelligence, enhanced intelligence, so we may know that all that God has given us, we know beyond the limitation of human beings. So we might know. So you might know. You are a student. You can know. The Holy Spirit will teach you that subject, give you revelation beyond what the teachers are telling. So you might know. You want to do business. You can know whether this business will work or not. You might know. You don't walk in darkness. You might know. So you might know all that God has given us for starting. So when we do not, so, okay, let me, because of time, let me go to see what Daniel, happened to Daniel, Daniel chapter 1 verse 12. You can see what that spirit can do in the life of a man. Eternal life that came with the spirit of Christ. That life. See, that's why we're peculiar. We're unusual people. We're not common people because of that eternal life. The blessing of eternal life. That's number one blessing. Without life, nothing else. If we're dead, what blessing do you enjoy? It's the life that make, brings you alive, and then other blessings can begin to work. Daniel, in Daniel 1.12, please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then they make the... Then Make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them. 
only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided by the others. For the others, 17, God gave these young men an unusual aptitude, an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom, an unusual aptitude. That's what eternal life can give you. It gives it. That's what it gives you. It gives, it gives you an unusual aptitude to understand things. Understand things. Unusual aptitude. Verse 17. So God gave these young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the, so when the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them. And no one impressed him as much as Daniel, <laughs> Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. None of them, because they had a spirit that gave them high aptitude. Because we're not teaching these things, people are not entering into this blessing and the benefit of eternal life. Yet we have a better covenant. In a better covenant, shouldn't we have better aptitude? Shouldn't we have better aptitude? Look at look at. Um, John, 1 John 2, 26. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray, but you have received the Holy Spirit. Listen. And he lives within you. Listen. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. Some people want to deceive you, but you have ability, you have aptitude that can handle it because of the eternal life you have, because of the spirit you have. See, you can handle it. You can handle it. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. You should be able to know what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. Everything. Everything. Family life, business life, student life, job life, get to job, who to marry. Everything. So you excel. You have good success. It gives you enhanced aptitude, ability to know things and do things that before you had him, you were not able to do. Eternal life. Awesome blessing. We leave it and be talking to people and repent of your sin. We leave all these marvelous things that Jesus gave us. That's why the Bible says we should be head and not tell. Head and not tell. Because we have the means that gives you aptitude that keeps you on top. Not below. Look at Joseph. Do I have to talk about Joseph in the Old Testament? Joseph, Genesis 41, 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one? And this as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is. Where can we find? It's unusual. It's peculiar. It's not common. The Bible says we are unusual. We are peculiar. We are not common. People should say, where can we find such a person? There's, there's a life he has. There's a spirit in him. Where can we find such a person? Verse 29, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this. There is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Enhanced aptitude, enhanced wisdom. Pharaoh said, none compares with what you have in this kingdom. And yet, these Old Testament people that the Holy Spirit was working on to show us shadow, to show us what the real looks like. Shadow. Is this good in the shadow? How about the real Christ himself in us, the hope of glory? 40. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my house be ruled. The Bible says you shall be hate only and not below. It should be over my house. Why? The Spirit 
of excellence, the Holy Spirit is not subjective to anything else. God cannot be subjective to anything else. God reigns supreme. If he works in you, if it's the spirit in you, he gives you aptitude, wisdom that reigns supreme, and people recognize it. God does not, nothing dominates him. That's why I say you shall be above only. Because what it does cannot be improved upon. Cannot be improved upon. You can't say, wow. I'll give you some more examples. Look at, uh, we just looked at Daniel. And let's look at uh, somebody else here. Uh, my new iPad is very sensitive. So, so it's, it's moving so fast. I'm getting used to use, learning how to use it. My old one was nine years old. So it was slower. In um, well, look, let's look at uh, Stephen, Acts 6, 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexanders, and all and of them of Cilicia and of Asia. Do you see the combination of them? The smart guys, the, the educated people with letters, PhDs of different schools, to different schools of knowledge, different, they all got together. Disputing with Stephen, verse 10, verse 10 should make every Christian dance the whole day. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Couldn't resist him. God reigns supreme. God doesn't play second fiddle. The wisdom he gave us, the aptitude the eternal life gives us, the Bible said they were not able to resist that wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Isn't it the same spirit we have? They're not the same eternal life we have. That's what eternal life impacts in you. Impacts in you. I remember my late, my late friend, uh, we used to call him Best. He got saved. He would come to my house all the time, say, teach me. And I wasn't even a pastor. We would just share scripture or something. And then the boy, the boy began to grow by the grace of God. And then he, he, something began to happen. He was a civil servant. Then he didn't have anything by the time we started talking, started sharing. Best began to grow and improve his circumstances. Everything around him began to improve. And then, the, you know, in his job, I think Minister of Aviation or something, they made him permanent secretary. And he told me this story himself. He said, when we have our meetings, the board meetings, the, the executive meetings, whatever, he said, everybody will be waiting for me to say something. Everybody will be waiting for me to say something. And when I say that, that will be what they will take. And then, before long, all the big guys who were not Christians in that, in that place began to come to see him with their private issues. Until the board approved to build a church at that airport, local airport in Lagos. They built a church, put a pastor paid by the government, signed by Muslims. So the, mean, the, the, the demonstration of the reality of the presence of Christ, the glory, called us to glory. It was being seen by everybody. Everybody, he took me to that church. I went personally to see the church, the old airport, of Ikeja Airport, they built a church there. I went there, I got into that church, I'm like, wow. He said, you can't believe the people that approve these things are not Christians. Because they come to me for their issues, because when we meet in our meetings, the aptitude and wisdom the eternal life gives me, they see it, say, this is unusual. Never seen anything like this. 
And that showed them that Christ is real to the extent that those who would have opposed Christianity approved the building of a church and employed the pastor paid on government money. They were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Enhanced, enhanced attitude, enhanced ability so that you have success in all the affairs of life. So you are ahead, you are ahead, and not tell. You go home, you'll be the best husband you can ever be. Be the best wife you can ever be. You'll be the best student, the best student, your best worker. That people who work with you will be saying, wow, we've never seen anybody like this. Not somebody who fights, fights, makes trouble, and the worse you go carry Bible, be disgracing the cause of Christ. Doubt if you have eternal life. No murderer has it. No troublemaker has it. Those who have it, they don't continue to sin. Did you know that that will solve a lot of problems in the society? Solve problems in the family? Solve problems in the church? Bring peace, the fruits of the Spirit everywhere? First Corinthians 1.30, I want to stop with this one. God has unified you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom himself. You can have him and not have this wisdom. God made him to be wisdom himself for our benefit. For our benefit. Eternal life imparting you this wisdom. This aptitude. You've never been taught that. You didn't know that. So you didn't know the value of eternal life. And Jesus said, I came that you have life. Have it more abundantly. This life elevates you beyond the natural, beyond the normal. It brings you into the class of God. It brings you into the class of God. Because now you have the life of God. Because now you have the nature of God. It brings you into his family. It brings you into his family. It brings you into his council. Where you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are seated in the most important place. It brings you into the class of God. The Bible says, for you are God's peculiar people. The spirit man, a man that is a spirit, a spirit man, a child of God that has the life of God in him. We sing it, the spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. Money can put you in that position. Money can't elevate you like this. Money can change you like this. Remember, my mentor told the story that when, she, when he began to study about eternal life, he realized that he has this wisdom he has never tapped into. And he began to confess it, began to meditate upon it, began to say so. And he used to have straight F before he got saved. Straight F. Now he started making straight A. And his teachers could not believe it. Eternal life kicked in. The wisdom, Christ will make wisdom for our glory, kicked in. He began to live in Holiness is excellence. You can't be talking of holy, 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 and you are not excellent. Excellence. Above only. Above sin. Above the world. Above quarreling. Above fighting. Above abuses world. Above this gutter language. Above this gutter character. Gutter life. In glory. In glory. Seated with Christ. In heavenly places. In heavenly places. Above. Above. Above cursing. Above anger. Above the flesh, above, above, eternal life elevates you there. Because if you don't have that spirit of his, you don't belong to him. You can't come, you are not there. It's an, it's an awesome blessing. Paul described it as indescribable gift. Indescribable gift. I pray that God will help us understand these things, study the more, appropriate these things, meditate on it day and night. Confess it will be so. 
and they experience the glory of eternal life. A life that is seated above sin. That's why it says sin shall not be, no more dominate you. You are seated with Christ above all those things. You are seated above only, not below. Sin brings you down. Eternal life lifts you up. Sin makes you normal, regular. Eternal life makes you peculiar, special. Sin makes you foolish. Eternal life gives you wisdom, that aptitude that nobody can stand. May the Lord open our eyes to understand this things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege to share in this awesome blessing that you gave us eternal life. Eternal life. Pray that you help us understand the benefits of eternal life. There are more benefits that will stay shared down the line. So that we, Lord, we walk in them. That's why you gave it to us. We walk in these benefits for our own good and for your own glory. Blessed be thy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.